2: Friday, football Friday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thank you so much for being a part of today's presentation. I am Jeff Howe, Horns 247, horns247.com, at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter, that longhorn blitz podcast. You hear it every Wednesday night here on the Horn. If you're not a subscriber, search horns 247. That's horns two or seven. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button, get every episode of the Blitz with myself, Matt Butler, and Rod Babers. I do that podcast for 10 years now. And I love it. I get, I think you get more feedback on the Blitz than anything else I do. So thank you for your support of the Blitz. Thank you for the support your support of everything I've got going on, including this program, our little slice of live local programming from 10 to noon here. On the horn, Craig Way out today. I know we mentioned this yesterday, and he mentioned it, so it's not like I'm putting his business out there. Craig's mother passed away recently. The service was yesterday. I saw some photos he posted on his Facebook page last night. So Craig is out. But today he is traveling on the road, getting ready to go to Lawrence to call the football game tomorrow. So I will see the missing one-third today of our team, the third of our like the Tower family who's never gone, unless, unless you're a local. I don't even know if this applies to football. It might apply to other sports. If you're a team playing a state championship, playing for a state championship in this time slot, he will go watch you if you are in or around our Fairburg, as he did when LBJ played for a state title last year. That that the only show you missed, Snoop? Since you became our producer? Yes,
0: for sure. That's the only one. only one? Yeah. I like
2: to do it. He is the (laughs) publisher, curator, otherwise major (laughs) domo of everything FlexATX. FlexATX.com, at FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. He is the legendary, the one and only, the great, and I do mean great, Snoop Daniel. Dude.
0: Okay, so if that were to happen 11 a.m. on uh, Friday, it would be... Like if Lago Vista or Navar- Geronimo Navarro, which won last night, or Wimberley, or somebody went there, so that that's what would have to happen, I guess. If
2: I went there, it's re- let's cheer for it. Snoop needs a what? Well, I would say Snoop needs a day off, but it's not going to be a day off because he will be yeah. working. Right. We should do it from uh, Cowboy
0: Stadium. We can figure it out.
2: I'm sure Craig can pull enough strings and make that happen.
0: That that would be a lot of fun. Anyway,
2: that would be fun. Are you going to try to stay at the Lowe's Hotel again? I don't know. You might as well get, like, the Howard Johnson down the street, Snoop, because you spent a grand total of, what, like five minutes in the hotel? Yes, it's true.
0: But I do like being able to party with the parents and then just go to sleep. Uh, (laughs) That was really worth it because I love parents.
2: Basically to take a nap. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to take a nap. And you just get to walk... It it was so convenient. I really felt like it was. And, and I, the bed was not soft enough, but and I also want to get a, a six thousand dollar camera before I go to state. So I don't know how I'm going to do all that. Six large, huh? Yeah. And it, the state is no, uh, December fifteenth. I would love to. It would be like my dream. I really would because I, you don't get to shoot state every day. <laughs> so. Anyway, What does you
2: know, a $6,000 camera get you? What does 6Gs get well, you in it's the a, camera uh, world?
0: Well, it's, it's the Sony A1, so it's like their flagship, but it shoots 8K. Keep talking. I'm going to Google okay. this. Okay. It's, it's the Sony flagship. It's called the Sony Alpha 1, um, and I have a really nice lens. I probably have, like, way nicer of a lens than, than I should have, but with paired with that, and everybody was like, you know, your visuals really stand out. I mean, there's a reason, and it really costs. And it's it shoots an eight k. Yes, and so that would be the difference. The one I use now, if I use a, oh, I don't want to get too nerdy, but I'm really into this. No, one. I
2: talk, I talk cards and okay. get nerdy. You talk cameras. Well, for a okay, and, so you know, nerdy just
0: and just in short, I could use an external recorder and use that HDMI cord to to make it like 16 k, and where the colors are like. Off the charts, in fact, you can only, like, you you can watch it on YouTube, but you have to have a special setting. But it looks unreal. This one's
2: plugged into a smartphone? Uh,
0: Yeah, it does a lot of different things. But this, yeah, it shoots in AK, like, without overheating and for a long period. So I could actually shoot a whole game and not just what it would normally be shot for, like, little bursts of video.
2: I've got a a Canon camera that I've had for about 10, 12 years now. Still works. Still good. Just... As like my computer, you know, it's. Uh, I, I promise, folks, we'll get to programming here in a minute. Yeah. Well, my computer doesn't have any USB ports, right? I had to go like to Walmart to get one of them adapters. So then that because I use uh, this new, it's a
0: newer one. Yeah. Yeah. I, this you is, have Thunderbolt uh, technology.
2: Yeah, this is the twenty. I think this is the twenty nineteen model. Maybe it's either late twenty nineteen yeah, or early twenty twenty.
0: It's I called forget. Thunderbolt or US. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it's it's a whole world. Shout out to uh, Hook'Em. <laughs>
2: hook all right, so we got a loaded show today. Uh, Longhorn Notebook coming up in just a second. Three matchups I'm looking for in this game against Kansas. Three keys to a Longhorn victory in the second hour. Bottom of the hour, we've got another Snoop Daniel edition of the Whataburger Top 5. Today, Snoop, we are Top 5 matchups. Yes. I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty, man.
0: And they're all the top, I mean, because they all do or die,
2: but yeah. That's a, such such is life in the playoffs, Snoop. You win or go home. Uh, so we'll get to that. Also, our weekly conversation with LBJ head coach Jamal Fenner. That's going to be brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. Inconceivable to close out our number one, Snoop. And it's Friday, so what's that mean?
0: All the way flaccid. And I was thinking about the old that the hair chain that you meant from mm-hmm. below. Yeah. And that, like, it better be flaccid Friday then.
2: <laughs> well, what if it's not? No, no.
0: Then the, the chain's going to get ripped. <laughs> <laughs> the ne- the beard chain, oh but the, the nether region
2: connecting wow, chain. Wow, that's yeah. definitely a, a
0: vertical. If you listen, that's a payoff for listening yesterday. Uh, flaccidity
2: <laughs> will be running amok uh, when we uh, go to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. Grab that low-hanging fruit from the state of Florida, as we do each and every Friday. In Inconceivable Hour, number two, Mike Roach, Horns 24-7 Recruiting Editor. Join us to talk a little Longhorn football recruiting. Uh, we'll get our picks in the Supreme Lending Pick'em Contest. Are you, you ready for that, Snoop? You ready? you ready for a good week in the NFL? I hope so,
0: because the, the charity people are just sad. They're so
2: want. they're so pissed off at us right now. Like, it's not even funny. Not I bet P. you they are.
0: It's It's sad.
2: Like, hmm, No, because charity. the worse we do, the less money they get, right? The less money is contributed from our portion no. of the pot. So we need to we need a strong we need to be the opposite of inconceivable today. Snoop. <laughs> yes. We need to be we need to be long and strong, Anti, powerful. Anti-flaccid. Yes. Need to get on some of some of them ads you hear on our station. <laughs> oh my god, I, I was just gonna say. Some of that action in our picks, like I said, Longhorn notebook, and then Snoop's got a Flex thirty update. What you got running on Flex thirty, Snoop? Plus well, more
0: playoffs. In fact, uh, at eleven o'clock, Liberty Hill volleyball team will be playing in the state semi. It's the state tournament, but the semifinal. Eleven you got, o'clock. You
2: got your credential that they make the championship game.
0: Uh, I do actually. Yeah.
2: I oh can't boy. believe it. Yeah, He's grown I know. Up so much since the start of the show. Yeah. I'll be danged if I already. drive
0: to Garland and, they, and they're like, no.
2: So hey, you're making another trip to the Metroplex. You can stop and see your parents while you're up there. Yes, I will. I'll nice. go
0: hug my mom, especially you know with, with Craig losing you know his mom. It's like I wound up seeing my mom like later that week, and and it was unexpected. Yeah. So yeah. I was very
2: appreciative. Well, of that. that's good. That's good. All right, Snoop. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and get to the Longhorn notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook Sorry Snoop but I didn't mean to just cut you down. off You're just sharing go. a nope, very heartwarming good. story about uh, your nope. mom and I've just got to talk football Sorry for being it's a hardcore good. sports guy and Trying to get us back on topic Even though I didn't need to My apologies uh, Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock Your home loan expert Bowersockteam.com Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda When they made the move to Georgetown Took all the worry out of it Got lightning fast approval You can get that too Bowersockteam.com Aaron Bowersock is your home expert. All right, Snoop. It's three matchups that I'm watching. It's Texas takes on Kansas this weekend. Don't forget, we've got you covered here on the Horn. Longhorn game day presented by Bud Light will uh, take place Saturday, 1030. Uh, it's going to be Lavaca Street downtown, the downtown location of Lavaca Street Bar. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers and Mike Hards will be live starting at 1030. Uh, leading you up, 130 is going to be the network pregame and then 230 kickoff from Lawrence. Texas and Kansas with Craig Way, Roger Wallace, and Will Matthews on call. Uh, also, we've got some of our local programming going on tomorrow. Just uh, anybody that's interested, playing through with Bob Blue and Carl Mickelson will be seven to eight, and then eight to ten thirty, leading you up to the pregame. Uh, it's going to be the big ugly tailgate with Casey Studdard and Johnny Rogers. So keep it locked into the Horn all weekend. All right, here's the three matchups I'm looking for. Snoop, matchup number one. I'm going to say it's going to be Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, against Jalen Ford, the Texas linebacker. A matchup of the Jalens, but I've talked all week. You've heard Rod Babers talk about it. We talked about it a little bit on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. We didn't hit it that much on the Blitz if we hit it at all now that I think about it. Uh, Eye discipline is going to be huge, and Jalen Ford – it's interesting, you know, I used to say this about when the Big 12 was really a space and pace league about 10 years ago. I used to say Kansas State was the toughest team in the league to prepare for because everybody was so focused on space and pace that Kansas State had a real advantage when they would line up with tight ends and fullbacks and big personnel. You couldn't replicate that on your scout team. Well, you've got Malik Murphy as a scout team quarterback. Physically, he can replicate some of the th- same things Jalen Daniels does. But And, and by the way, like I know – Lance Leipold hasn't named a starter. Everything I've heard throughout the week, everything is trending like it's going to be Jalen Daniels. I don't know if that's been made official yet, but I've been doing my research, doing my prep for this game, looking ahead of this game like it's going to be Jalen Daniels making his return uh, to the lineup against Texas. Started the first five games, got Kansas off to that 5-0 and start, got hurt and off to TCU. Hasn't played since, expecting him to be the guy. But back to my point about K-State, it was really tough to prepare for them. And while Malik Murphy can stimulate some of those same things, it's really tough in the short amount of time you've got in practice to plan for everything Kansas can throw at you. It starts with their triple option principles. They can mix formations. They can mix personnel. I discipline by Jalen Ford is going to be huge. He's played in an all-Big 12 level this year, but at the end of the day, he's got to know. And and his responsibilities on Jalen Daniels, because those are triple option reads. You can – give it, you can pull it, you can pitch it. They do so many different things in the way they use their option game that it's going to be really big on Jalen Ford. You would say the edge guys, they're going to be involved with that. Everybody's going to be involved with it, but But I think Jalen Ford just being able to read everything, being able, even if it means he's got to play maybe a half step slower, maybe just process a little bit more, uh, he can't be out of position. That second level has got to be tight and secure because whether it's Jalen Daniels or Devin Neal, Kansas has enough guys in the backfield that can create explosive plays. And again, remember, Kansas leads the Big 12 in plays of 20 yards or more this year, and they haven't had Jalen Daniels for a big chunk of that, a big chunk of the damage that they've done in creating those explosive plays. And again, he's different than Jason Bean. Bean is a little more of an outside runner, probably a little more once he gets to top speed faster than Daniels, but Daniels more of a between-the-tackles runner. I'm interested to see how much Kansas does of that, considering you got a guy – coming off of a shoulder injury, but that's the matchup. Jalen Ford in the middle of that Texas defense, securing the middle of the defense, being the heartbeat of the defense against Jalen Daniels in his return. Keep an eye on that matchup. Matchup number two, Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian against Brian Borland, the Kansas defensive coordinator. Why am I looking at the Kansas defensive coordinator as the matchup here? Because what's been my chief complaint about Steve Sarkeesian? and Quinn Ewers, both, when the offense has struggled, especially struggled late. They get really impatient at times. And Kansas doesn't run. They don't major in. It's not their forte to do the three-down, three-high safety look like some other schools in the Big 12 do. Texas should get a break from that this week. But I think the same principles to defending Texas still apply regardless of whatever your base defense is.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
2: Stack the box to stop the run. Send extra bodies at the line of scrimmage on early downs. Try to take B. John Robinson out of the game as much as you can. Put Quinn Ewers in predictable passing downs and make him have to make good decisions with the football to beat you. How can Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers combat that? They've got to be patient they both have to understand what the defense is giving them and be willing to take it. I think both are more comfortable. We know Sark is, and I think Quinn Ewers is. They are both more comfortable when they can hit that early deep shot in the game. For Sark, it validates the game plan, that he was right, everything's working, and then boom, now you can go attack the opponent all over the field. I think for Quinn Ewers, I think that gets him a lot of confidence when he can hit that early deep shot and get things rolling. But if the deep shots aren't there, you can run a lot worse plays than a screen pass to Jordan Whittington. You can run a lot worse plays than a swing pass to Bijan John Robinson. You can run a lot worse plays than a little smoke screen or the quick screen to Savion Red or somebody on the outside. Get back to the short game. Understand where you can attack Kansas. Understand what the path of least resistance is and go attack it. And at some point, if you attack that enough, that can open you up vertically. You can force teams in a man-to-man coverage. You can force them to take a body out of the box. It can really unlock your offense. But can Steve Sarkeesian and, in turn, Quinn yours? Because I've think i said this before. I think a lot of that impatience from Sark, I think a lot of that rubs off on Quinn because you've got an inexperienced quarterback that just hasn't had a ton of reps. He's basically experiencing everything for the first time, so I think the play caller needs to be patient. I think the quarterback needs to be patient. And if you're Brian Borland, I would think you put in some three-safety stuff or at the very least plan on playing a lot of too high coverage because Texas has really struggled with that, especially of late. There's been times where it's been hit or miss throughout the year, but that's how you defend Texas. You take away the vertical passing game. You try to take Bijan out of it as much as you can. You make Quinn Ewers make smart decisions. I'm a firm believer in this when it comes to football. And it doesn't matter what kind of offense you run, what kind of defense you run, whatever is based on the opponent, based on what you want to do and what the opponent's tendencies are, your objective to me in a football game should be, how can we dictate the terms of this game? How can this game be played on our terms? And I think if you're Sark and you're Quinn Ewers, I think you got to take the short stuff and then open up the offense from there. I don't think it's running them out of a deep coverage, running them out of zone coverage. I think you got to take the short stuff and go from there. So Brian Borland, the Kansas defensive coordinator against Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers, that's matchup number two. Matchup number three, I always go to the line of scrimmage. I think it's the Kansas offensive line against the interior of that Texas defensive line. Said it before I'll say it again, man, Texas has been so hard to run against. Even last week, TCU, they had to keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. And even if you I mean, they had the one really explosive Kendra Miller run, but other than that, I mean, they really they didn't really get their running game going until late when Texas was Kind of worn down. I don't want to say worn down, but you know, the game was out of hand and they were able to put themselves in some favorable down and distances, uh, to stay on schedule offensively. If you go back and you look at TCU's explosive run plays in that game, I think Matt let me um, there we go. Uh they didn't have an explosive run, a a rush a running play of ten yards or more. TCU didn't, until that Kendra Miller run. And even then, they didn't have a running play longer than 14 yards. Max Duggan had one for 10, and then it was Amari uh late in the game for 12, for 14, and for 11. So Texas actually did a pretty decent job. I know the numbers are going to be what they are, and they are what they are, but they did a pretty decent job of slowing down TCU's run game. Uh, Kansas has a really good run game, too. Devin Neal's been on the tear lately, and with Daniel's back, like I said, opens up a lot of their offense, unlocks a lot of it that you couldn't do with Jason Bean. But can Texas continue to be stout on the interior and make it really tough for Kansas to get their running game going? Just give them, make them play as as, as left handed as much as you can in the run game. Don't give them easy runs up the gut. Again, that's where Jalen Ford's eye control comes into play. But Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, Mauro Ojimo, Vernon Broughton, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, those six guys have been really good stopping the run this year. Uh, if you look at Texas. Uh, Texas against the run. They are second in the Big 12 right now uh, in terms of yards per carry allowed. 3.42 yards per carry Texas has allowed this season. Texas also number two in the Big 12, top 40 in the country in run defense, 127.1 yards per game. Texas is giving up. So. This is a Kansas run game. They can they can get their yards on you. They can make it tough for you to stop them. But Texas needs to win that battle at the point of attack, reset the line of scrimmage, make it as tough for Devin Neal and Jalen Daniels as TCU did last week. We know Texas, and I really wish Pete Kwiatkowski would blitz as much as he did last week. I just think that's phenomenal. And maybe with a maybe more of a dual-threat quarterback than Max Duggan was. Maybe you don't want to do that that much. Or maybe you want to continue to throw stuff at him. I, I think this Texas defense, I think the numbers have bared out. They're much more effective when they're blitzing. They just seem to play a half-step quicker. They seem more into it. Uh, just seem The sense of urgency seems heightened. Uh, and the blitzes got home against TCU. Uh, so TCU did a little bit different than than other teams have tried to do in terms of stopping Texas' run game. They sent bodies at the line of scrimmage. That's not really how Texas does it. Texas doesn't really run blitz. They will count on their guys winning matchups at the point of attack, and that needs to continue to happen. So my other matchup to watch is the interior of the Kansas offensive line and the KU O-line period against that interior Texas defensive line continuing to be – they're typically, and again, this is another Rod Babers talking point we've had on Longhorn Blitz for years now, when you look at really good Texas defenses – You've kind of seen just that—that that rock in the middle of the defense. Uh, Roy Miller's been that guy. Malcolm Brown's been that guy. Puna Ford's been that guy uh, in some more, in some more recent years. And I don't think you have just one guy in there that's just that one just stalwart guy because all of those guys. Are playing at a high level, specifically Coburn, Ojemo, Sweat, and Murphy. Those four guys, those are four of the highest graded defense here, defensive linemen in the Big 12 according to Pro Football Focus. So that group can continue to play at a high level. You're going to give yourself a chance to try to make Kansas as one-dimensional as Kansas can be. They're going to get yards. They're going to have some big plays just by the nature of their offense. It naturally creates explosive plays, but just don't let them get the four- and five-yard chunks and move the ball down the field that way. Make them – Get Devin Neal involved in other ways other than just handing him the football. Again, due to due to Kansas, what TCU did to you last week. But you could do it without blitzing. You can do it if your interior guys continue to play at the level that they've played at. So there are your three matchups to watch tomorrow. Again, Jalen Ford against Jalen Daniels, Steve Sarkeesian, and Quinn Ewers against Brian Borland, the Kansas defensive coordinator, and the interior Texas defensive line against the Kansas offensive line. So we when we uh, get to the Longhorn Notebook next hour, it's going to be three keys to a Longhorn victory. All right, Snoop, before we hit the break, I'll turn to you. You said my – and I would probably – did I get you overconfident about the TCU game last
0: uh, week? Uh, no. You, I, no, no. The only thing I, I felt like it was going to be very high scoring. Okay.
2: Because you you said after my my matchups and my keys for the Oklahoma State and the K State game, you said you felt much worse about Texas winning those games. Yeah. After you heard me talk about that, so how you feeling right now?
0: Uh, feeling okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, ten being the best.
2: Ten being ten being, you think Texas is getting boat raced? One. Oh. You think Texas is winning by fifty? Where oh. are you at?
0: Oh well, four. Okay.
2: Kind of right in the middle. All
0: right. uh, but yeah. a little closer to Texas. I don't know. Maybe I'm still feeling the basketball juice. But it's expected. It. Still yeah. feeling, feeling, those, yeah, now feeling like, those
2: drinks you got at Moody yeah. Center the other night. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, probably so.
2: And that's not going to be your – hey, Snoop, somebody texted in. By the way, Specs text line 337-3776. Somebody mm-hmm. texted in and said they saw you at the game and loved you. Not, it's not right now. It was just, this was yesterday. Oh. They texted in and said they, they were sitting behind you and loved your energy at the game. Okay. Said you brought it both halves for 40 minutes. It was nothing but Snoop Daniels. No,
0: my gosh. No, I was pumped. It was an exciting game, and (laughs) we were
2: winning. All right. Well, you know who else has been winning, Snoop? LBJ's been winning. And when we come back, we'll talk to the head coach of the LBJ Jaguars, Jamal Finner. We'll do that when we come back. On Light the Tower, on the Horn, live, local, and digital, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Soccer fans, join nationally recognized commentator Glenn Davis every Monday on Soccer Matters at 7 p.m. Presented by John Daspitt and the Daspit Laws. Whether you love Austin FC, the Premier League, or Liga MX, Glenn has cutting-edge interviews from around the world, strong opinions, and you, the passionate soccer fan. Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis on the Horn. Presented by DaspenLawAustin.com. Soccer Matters, Mondays at 7 on The Horn.
1: Hey, it's Aaron Hogan. I gotta believe you're sick and tired of living with that constant pain, pain in your knees, maybe your back, your shoulder. That joint pain doesn't have to keep you from doing what you wanna do. Sure, it's affecting your job, your relationship, your ability to do simple things, like, heck, getting dressed in the morning. It's time to call QC Kinetics and learn about their advanced regenerative medicine to restore and repair damaged joint tissue, giving you your life back hips shoulders elbows they can all be treated with natural biologics from your own body powerful healing properties highly concentrated that really do work you're tired of steroid shots that don't work and if you're trying to avoid surgery call QC Kinetics now and schedule your free consultation learn about these exciting new cutting edge treatments for pain caused by arthritis or injury no more drugs no more pain meds no more downtime it's an all natural treatment that can get you lasting relief and people all over Central Texas are raving about the results call now appointments are available this coming week at QC Kinetics 512-593-4303. That's 512-593-4303. They able to-
2: Coming up next, I got a feeling this matchup that we're about to talk about, LBJ and Port Nature's Grows, I got a feeling this will be in your top matchups. Of the yes. Yeah. As it should be. LBJ, a bi-district championship already secured. Jaguars looking for an area-round championship. They'll try to get that done tonight in Katy against port nature's groves that game is going to be at 7 30 and it's going to be on 105.3 the bat your home for lbj football and joining us now on the vaqueros cafe and cantina hotline for our friday edition of our weekly high school coaches interviews brought to you by our good friends at texas truck and trailer it is the head coach of the lbj jaguars jamal finner coach finner thanks as always for joining us how are you today sir
3: I'm doing well. Thank you for having
2: me. Well, Coach, let's uh, recap the uh, the by-district win over Elgin real quick. Uh, I, I, you know, we talked about it, and I think that was one of the concerns about your team that, that people from the outside had. How was LBJ going to respond uh, coming off the end of the district schedule, playing in a, a playoff-caliber opponent? Uh, I, I take it you liked the way your kids responded, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we know that we've uh, – Have a standard that we want to play to, you know, irregardless of who we play. And so that was the expectation to see them perform at that level, you know, against another opponent, playoff opponent. You know, it was exciting to see.
2: Coach, how unique has this group been from that standpoint? I mean, you've had, you've had really good teams. You've had talented teams. You've had teams that have won a lot of games, but it just seems like that's one thing you constantly talk about with this bunch is how they understand what the standard is and they know what it takes to play to that standard week after week.
3: Yeah, I just think when you establish a culture and with the group of kids that we have that's been in this program and experienced, you know, a semi-final round and sophomore year, uh, state championship, you know, uh, around their uh, junior year and now and this group of seniors and you got all the younger kids that's been along for the ride and gotten to practice doing that playoff time and get to see, you know, what it's all about. I just think that's the that's the standard. And so our kids understand that. And so I think they're going to take every game to heart and they're going to play, you know, play their hearts out in order so they can win.
0: All right, Coach. So you're headed to Katy. Do y'all go the day before or the morning of or how does that work?
3: Yeah, we going down this morning. We're gonna leave. Uh, we're gonna leave here about twelve o'clock. Uh, get down there. And just try to keep a normal routine for us.
0: Uh, are y'all gonna eat at McDonald's on the way or what? <laughs> no, no,
3: sir, no, sir. Uh, our kids they like Chick Fil A. We'll feed them Chick Fil A for lunch. <laughs> you know, there's some Subway for their pregame you know, Keep it light.
2: <laughs> Coach, we were uh, we were, we we're talking about – I know, you know, Cedric Alexander. We talk about Cedric all the time. But uh, one of your your kids that we were talking about earlier this week is, is Noah Baker. And I know we've talked about Noah before, but what, what has he meant to your program and just your take on the kind of year he's had?
3: Yeah, Noah Baker's a great kid. You know, you're talking about a kid that takes care of business in the classroom. Uh, he's also an early college uh, high school kid with 22 credits. Um, at, at ACC, but he's a he's a football player. He's a ball player. You know he has the measurables, and when the lights come on, he makes the plays. And so yeah, it's great to have a kid like Noah Baker that's done everything we asked for him to do, and uh, has represented you know himself, his family, in this program, you know, the right way with character.
2: Coach, you talked a minute ago about establishing a culture and continuing you know continuing that culture uh, that's been set there at LBJ. How, how important is it? for your young kids, your sub-varsity kids, to, to be around, uh, you know, understand what the playoff experience is all about, to really watch the older kids work, to understand kind of what this culture is all about. How important is that for the young guys right now?
3: Well, it's, it's very important, you know, if you want to have a successful program because that's your future. You know, the younger kids are the future, and they're going um, to look up to those guys that are currently doing it, and they're going to try to mimic that or imitate that, or try to live, you know, that same life that they, they're living uh, as they continue to get older and grow through the program. So it's really just a, a progression, and it's a maturity process. And I think that if you have a program set and it's, that's happening, it's going to naturally happen. It's not going to be forced. You're not going to have to force it to happen.
0: Uh, coach, I saw that little tree just got an offer from Oklahoma State, and I know, like, he wanted to – kind of get that part of his life over by committing to Minnesota early. But then uh, what do you think made him change his mind, and uh, what has it been like for him trying to focus on the season and now really being one of the hotter recruits in Central Texas?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, Trey Trey is a kid that's kind of a a late bloomer. You know, I think he he realizes that, and I think the recruiters realize that as well. He has such a huge upside, you know, when you talk about his measurables, his size and then just his IQ and ability to play, you know, his position, I think a lot of coaches are starting to recognize that as well as he's continue to pop out on film. So I think his recruitment is going to continue. You know, I think him getting Oklahoma State was huge yesterday, and I think he will continue to get more offers as we continue to, you know, play more football.
2: Yeah, Coach, real quick on that. Uh, you know, as you, you know, last year making, making it all the way to Arlington and the playoff success that you've had, uh, are you noticing that that's a byproduct of that, whether it's, you know, Power 5 schools or uh, FCS, JUCOs, whatever it is, uh, just your kids getting more attention, the more film you can put out there, the longer you can stay in this thing, uh, The just naturally, the more exposure they're going to get.
3: Yeah, I think that's a part of it. You know, I think the, the longer you play, the more film, uh, and then the less that other people are playing. So recruiters actually get to see programs that are continuing to play, you know, the weeks that other – teams are not and so now you get to start identifying who those kids are that are playing at an elite level because you're making these deep runs into the playoffs and you know that it's a uh, high intensity football and it's high level football and you get to see how they perform in those type of situations and as a coach if I was a recruit I would want to recruit kids that I can see how they respond under in the big time in the bright lights
2: Coach, let's get your thoughts on PNG and when g you, When you watched the tape and, and broken them down and looked at them, uh, what, what do you see from PNG?
3: Yeah, good football team. You know, well-coached, uh, disciplined, and uh, they're going to play assignment football. You know, they're going to be where they're supposed to be at. Uh, they tackle well on defense. Uh, they run the football downhill on offense, and then they try to take shots and make big plays as well. So I think it's a complete football team. You know, I think it's a team – that uh, that has proven themselves to be where they are uh, today, and uh, should we ready to go play?
2: Jamal, one quick question: uh, You know the way some of your district games went. Uh, how tough is it, uh, or I guess how much extra in practice do you have to devote to special teams? Because there's some units like you, you know, your punt team, uh, your your kickoff return. You you may get one if if that many chances to run some of those units. In a game, have you had to devote more practice time to special teams just to make sure you got your guys stay sharp with it?
3: Yeah, I tell you, we we started to devote more uh, special team work and practice after those first three games, and we had hiccups in our nine district in the special teams unit, so that made us automatically, you know, spend more time. But yeah, we're working special teams every day because we know in, in a in a competitive football game where it's evenly matched offensive and defensively is gonna happen, but in the special teams is where it can, you know, make or break the game. So we put an emphasis on special teams every day.
2: It's 730 tonight. It's a Road Stadium in Katie. If you can't make it out to Katie, we got you covered on 105 the bat. It starts with Snoop and the crew with the flex pregame at 630, leading you up to the 715 pregame with Roddy Rodriguez and Zach Lucero from Katie. And then 730 is the kickoff, LBJ and Port Natchez groves coach finner thank you as always for the time on a friday best of luck to you and your kids tonight and hopefully we can do this again next week Go will get them coach
3: yes sir. i appreciate y'all thank you very much
2: there he is the head coach of the lbj jaguars jamal finner joining us for our the friday edition of our weekly high school coaches interviews brought to you by our good friends at texas oh truck God. and trailer the
0: game is tonight. i asked him if he was going to leave tomorrow What's wrong with me? I thought today was Thursday for some reason. Well, Lordy B. Of oh, course Snoop. they're going to go yeah, up there. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that might be too late. Well, I don't know. What do you think? I think. Uh, I, mean, I mean, but it does cost. I mean, they're going to leave yesterday. you got to get it's hotels. Not that, it's not that
2: far to Katie. It's really not. It's how? Because Katie's on the west side of Houston, Snoop. It's not like you're going through downtown Houston. Okay. Maybe I, in a rush I, hour.
0: I yeah. don't know mine. Okay, good. I just want no, them No, noon be... is
2: fine because, you know, if you make a pit stop and let everybody kind of stretch their legs out. And Chick-fil-A
0: whatnot. subway, he said. That's that's good eating.
2: That's that's my kind of road trip food. <laughs> I, eat a, I eat a lot of both when I'm on the road,
0: bro. Let me man. Back in the day, McDonald's that was like going to Ruth Chris.
2: Man, we've talked about it before. McDonald's used to have the best dollar menu. Oh. They really did.
0: Yeah, especially yeah, when you when you balling on a budget, you go on like really two did. hour road trip. You got five dollars.
2: The Wendy's dollar menu was always money too. And I don't know. I, it's been a minute since I've eaten at Wendy's to be honest with you. It's been the only time I've been to McDonald's no, recently is to I get went, a McRib. Went, Have you yeah. gotten a McRib yet, Snoop? No. Snoop, come on. Snoop, tomorrow's the last day, or Sunday's the last really? day. Really? Yes. Uh, well,
0: that shows you I haven't been going to McDonald's. So.
2: Well, I tell you what, if you end up going to Garland, if you end up going to Garland, if Liberty, Liberty Hill win your match this morning so Snoop can get a McRib. But when you're on your way to Garland, stop at McDonald's and get you a McRib.
0: Uh-huh. Or Dripping Springs tonight.
2: Or drip, one of y'all win, so Snoop can get a McRib tomorrow. <laughs> That's you should be your motivation, not not putting you know, hardware in a trophy case. Snoop <laughs> needs a McRib and needs a reason <laughs> to get one. All right, enough about McRibs. Let's go ahead. Uh, another fine establishment is Whataburger, and it's the Friday edition of the Waterburger Top Five.
0: Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 matchups of the week.
2: All right, Here's Snoop. Craig
0: Way. Oh, it's not
2: Craig Way. Oh, no, it's, it's not Craig Way. It's Snoop Daniel. Snoop, you got the top 5 matchups. I do. Proceed. The floor is yours, sir. All right, so I got a three-way
0: tie at 5, and they're all right here on the Austin Radio Network Airwaves. Do-do-do-do-do. LBJ versus Port Nets' Groves. You can hear that on 105-3 the bat. Uh, Vandergrift versus Judson. Hear that on 1019 and AM 1260. And Lake Travis versus Steele. Uh, hear that here on 1049 the horn. I guess if out of those three, I guess uh, Lake Travis Steele would be the biggest because Steele is unbeaten. And Lake Travis has played them before and lost by a touchdown.
2: And all three of those games, again, are 730 kickoffs. Yep. Six thirty with Snoop and the crew in the flex pregame at seven fifteen. We'll get you to the pregames on site, and then seven thirty kickoff for all three of those games.
0: Um. Okay. So number four, Waterburger top five. Rouse at Lake Creek. All right. I talked about Steel beating up uh, being unbeaten. Lake Creek is unbeaten as well. Yeah. This music bad is bad.
2: This is why Craig. No, I got like... a ringing in my ear. It's not well, the music. It though. might
0: be because of that music. This is a lot can... of high hats. I think that's what it's called in the, in the industry. This is much more soothing. Rouse versus Lake Creek. <laughs> Lake Creek is also unbeaten like steel. Rouse has won four in a row. And, uh, you know, uh, I love the Rouse Raiders, man. I've been down with them since they went to the state final four in 2012 as a relatively brand new school. So you see, you see, like, when Lone Star went to the state finals after, like, their second year opening. Is that the, uh,
2: the Billy Ray McCrary? Days? It was,
0: and he was a sophomore then. Justin Pelt was the quarterback. Oh, man. I got you know, Andre Alger. They had some uh, some beast anyway, but I ride with Rouse. OK, but yeah, Lake Creek is going to be tough. Tough matchup. Let's go get him. Man, man, <laughs> Chris Tucker. All right. Number three, Lockhart versus Flower Bluff. Uh, one of two games that are in my Waterburger top
2: five played at Alamo Stadium. Do not say that we don't talk about the Lockhart Lions here on Light the Tower.
0: Word. I, I'm about to even go deeper on Lockhart. Check this
2: out. Oh, look at you, Snoop.
0: So I feel their turning point of the season was a loss. And is when they held Liberty Hill to 35 points. That is Liberty Hill's lowest point total this year. They lost 35 to 14 to Liberty Hill. Since then, Lockhart has won every game since, scoring 35, 61, 42, and 62. Uh, double check me on that. But, yeah, they scored 60-plus against a Burbank in the opener of the playoffs last week. So, taking on Flower Bluff, let's go Lions.
2: Lockhart against the school from the Corpus area. So, it's barbecue against seafood.
0: Oh, word? Who's going to be
2: the winner? Ooh,
0: I like, I do like seafood, but barbecue. Uh, but you can't
2: eat seafood, Snoop. I can eat that salmon. Sh- that you, that's, that's the only kind of fish. Catfish. You can eat. I'm talking like some shrimp.
0: Oh, hell Scallops. No. Nope, nope. Nope.
2: A little lobster tail. I do
0: love but I do for for as deathly allergic I do love some good
2: catfish and salmon a nice grilled mahi maybe
0: Ooh, that's good yeah. number two on the Waterbugger top five and it's also played at Alamo Stadium but it's played tomorrow at two o'clock Tamari it's, tamari <laughs> it's dripping Springs versus Brandeis we love the Tigers uh they aren't in our radio network but Sun radio I got like my start when they were kdRP calling football games. So back when Tony Salazar was um, a coordinator, I didn't even know who he was, of course. He was a coordinator. It was Colt Schultz, who was a head coach, and they were only winning like one game a year. So a lot has changed, and they got a chance to uh, go to the regional round against Brandeis tomorrow. Number one game, I believe, blue. Death row defense. I was calling them Blue Storm, but the kids they, they don't. Blue Storm is old school. That's old Jake Hubenek defense day. Well, he was <laughs> playing quarterback. Death row defense for Georgetown. Number one game tonight. Uh, it's a road game basically, playing at Magnolia West. Uh, they beat a very good Canyon team last uh, week, twenty-one to ten, and they are our basically our l- best chance at doing something special for five A D one out of the ATX. So, E F N D baby Georgetown go beat Magnolia West tonight. Whataburger top five.
2: How how intense is the rivalry between Georgetown and Eastview?
0: Um, It is – okay, I'll put it like this. It's not nice right now okay. because Georgetown is so dominant in everything. They won state in baseball last year. They went to state and softball last year. They always have playoff teams for volleyball, all the other sports. But on top of that, what they are doing this year, Eastview, of course, only had one win. Um, And the fact that they are just now back in the same district is kind of – renewed old scab mm-hmm. and it was pulled off pretty roughly, I think, from the Eastviews community's perspective by Georgetown. So but they'll be okay. They're all lovely
2: people. I got a soft spot <laughs> in my heart for the city oh, of Georgetown. Coach you know, Dean
0: is the, the man. He's great they're in great hands. He's I love Coach Jason Dean. Going man,
2: going to school in Florence, living in Andyce if you yeah. know most of your transactions had to happen in uh in Georgetown. Grocery store runs and whatnot. Had to go to Georgetown for those Snoop.
0: Oh, uh, nice! Oh, yes, uh, yeah. I do, I do love Georgetown. Look Back forward. when we
2: were going to the HEB, there at right, uh, twenty nine and thirty five. That HEB, by the way, that was the storefront for the food lane and what's eating Gilbert Grape.
0: Really? That you didn't know? That. Oh, Gilbert Grape. Yeah. You, like, quick, like personal story. I had my first ever breve latte given to me by Coco Hubenak, father of Jake Hubenak, on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. So that's a memory. And what else from Georgetown? Oh, so just so me. Oh, and one of our reporters. Uh, Oh anyway, anyway, oh anyway, you yeah, know, I love Georgetown. That's you know that's
2: Art Bryles was the head coach of Georgetown for a hot minute. Really, it wasn't very successful. Oh. I ran into him at one point. We we're just shooting the breeze, and dude, I said, yeah, you. I said, you used to coach at Georgetown. He's like, yeah, I don't put that one on the resume.
0: When I think about it now, like while we're on Georgetown, I, I would love to compare the the state 2012 run team with Jake Hubenack and Austin Weston and. Oh, God, it has so many guys. Uh, Randy Knightner. Oh, God, it'll make me name drop everybody versus the personnel they have today because I want to say, man, because between Dickman and Dominguez, they're they so good. It's Anyway, go Georgetown. Hey, I'm real done. quick,
2: before we hit the break, anybody from Georgetown, go ahead and hit us up on the Specs text line, 337-3776. If you remember the Chuck Wagon restaurant that was right there on the corner of Williams Drive and the 35 Southbound Road, the Southbound Access Road at 35? Uh, my brother thought that was like the greatest place ever when we were kids, and when Chuck Wagon closed down, he was really sad. So, if anybody has any good Chuck Wagon memories, feel free to text us in on that. We'll we'll read those on the air. Uh, something we got to read, something we got to get to. It's inconceivable. It is Friday, Snoop. So what's that mean? Flaccid. Yes, we will go to the most flaccid state in the lower forty-eight. Grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida on a Friday here. On Light the tower. That on low-hanging
0: the beard chain. <laughs>
2: Let's just hope it's not low-hanging elsewhere, Shane. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable.
1: Inconceivable. I don't think it means what you think it means.
2: Alright, other than uh, the project that really wasn't, that didn't really get off the ground, the COVID anal swabs, other than that, Snoop's favorite thing no. About this show is Fridays, and for inconceivable, because what happens on Friday, Snoop? <laughs> flaccid, baby. Very
0: flaccid, honey.
2: He says <laughs> it. He says it so, uh, just so willy nilly, <laughs> like it just rolls yeah. off the tongue. Now, what
0: you, this is you uh, walk up to a uh, prospective future wife at the bar with,
2: and just let her know that flaccidity is <laughs> an issue? No, no. <laughs> How's that gonna get you anywhere? No,
0: I don't know. I'm, I mean,
2: saying the opposite's not going to get you anywhere either. I just think probably probably just leave that out of the repertoire. Right. I would imagine.
0: What's your name? Sweet <laughs> Pie. Uh, that's probably why I'm not getting any. I was going to
2: say Snoop's probably. Sweet
0: Pie.
2: <laughs> oh man. Oh. You need to wear you need to wear like a GoPro or something, Snoop, next time you go out because I want to I want to review the film. Instead of re-watching a Texas game, I'll rewatch Snoop's Thursday night out or something. Yeah.
0: All right. He struck out. He got the golden sombrero, sombrero <laughs> tonight.
2: <laughs> uh, forget Adam Dunn. That's Snoop yeah. Daniel. Um, I'll kind of work my way up. I'll start with the bad one first. Uh, a Florida man already serving time in a Tampa prison for attempted murder will now face a murder charge in the 2018 shooting death of his then-girlfriend in Orange County, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Bobby Lee Story, 57, was arrested Tuesday and transported from the Florida Department of Corrections to the Orange County Jail, where he was booked on second-degree murder. Story is accused of shooting 41-year-old Denise Hayes in the head on August 24th, 2018, inside a home where she was also caring for two of her grandchildren. Deputies say Story abandoned Hayes' body, and the children deputies found Hayes' body after a woman noticed Two children, two-year-old, a three-year-old wandering alone in the street. Uh, so I'll spare you all those details. Mm-hmm. The U.S. investigation deputy said they found stories, fingerprints near where Hayes was murdered, that he attempted to sell a handgun in the area of the home, threw away clothes, and reportedly told two people that he had murdered someone. In September 2018, Story was arrested by Tampa police on a charge of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon in an unrelated incident. He was sentenced to five-year prisons. japanese said Story previously spent 28 years in state and federal prison, more than half um, more than half of his adult life before Hayes' alleged murder. So basically, this guy kind of admitted that he did it, and I guess they finally had enough evidence to pin it on him. So, yeah, family, well, family can get some closure.
0: Well, that's some... Uh, bubbling cauldron stuff right there. Yeah,
2: definitely warm the cauldron up for that cat. And like I said, I want to trend upward from there. Yeah, we going to make him into cheap soap. We'll trend, trend upward. At first, I thought that was going to be, uh, like I said, other than COVID anal swabs and no. this segment in general, Snoop's other favorite thing is when people no. out themselves for doing dumb stuff on social media. I thought that was going to be that thing, but apparently he had just told people that he had murdered someone. So Didn't even have to go to the social. To out himself, Snoop just did it. Told people, I done it. I I seen him. I seen him. It was me. A man settled into a rental home in Pensacola and proceeded to have a normal day. The catch, Snoop? The house wasn't his. He broke into it. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office said 28 year old Zachary Seth Murdoch smashed a glass porch door.